So just who do you think you are? Got any answers? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Terry Summers Podcast. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. Hey, I just want to say there's probably a little bit of ambient noise going on. Uh, I am in the midst of um, kind of my husband and I moving things around in our home. Uh, And what I mean by that is like shifting office space and all of that to something that's a little bit more conducive to um, my needs in the office. First of all, my office was right underneath Um, the air conditioner so in the summertime before I would do a podcast or any kind of voiceover work or what have you I'd have to shut off the air conditioner and sweat like a pig Um, but it is just far too hot here in Arizona for that when we've been breaking records so um, just put up with that little extra hum in the background if you don't mind but I am here today to continue um, the I don't know if you want to call it a little series or whatever I've been doing along with my friend Jeff Mullen Jeff is not here today but I'm going to proceed we're just going to check in this week and one more week uh, in this same sort of topic and realm we've been diving into a book that um, I just really can't say enough about um, it's it's kind of like the book that just keeps on giving because it has um though the concept is is simple it's not easy to do and it's not anything that we haven't heard in other ways before but it just uh the way this particular author puts it together um it it seems to be super uber and practical and goes right to the source. Now, I will say that it is biblically based. And what I mean by that, it is taken from a scripture in the Bible um, uh, that tells us to think on these things. Philippians 4, 8. Um, it is, it says it says brethren I think at the beginning of the scripture depending on what kind of um or my brothers or something like that but it says if there's anything noble if there's anything good if there's anything worthy of praise um these are the things think think on these things and it isn't necessarily about positive thinking though that is definitely part of the root system to this because we we do get what our mind spends time on I mean that's just a principle and if you've been listening at all in the uh, three weeks that Jeff and I have been uh, discussing this then you'll know if you haven't picked up the book if you if you haven't really had a full-on interest in it uh, today I I wanted just to highlight some things in in the chapters that we have come up to um, there they do it by the day this is the the title of the book if you want to go look it's called the daily guide to a joy-filled life I have put links in some of my notes and on social media by Tommy Newberry and there's so much to talk about that Jeff and I are only up to chapter eight uh, out of 40 days so we're going to kind of 
just pick a few things next week and sort of bring it to a temporary close and then pick it up and just see how everybody's doing if there are interested listeners. But there were some things in this particular chapter that so deeply resonated me. I bet I sound like a broken record because I say that about everything. But um, this particular chapter is about our identity. And I'm just going to highlight some things um, that I, I mean, read some things to you that I have highlighted uh, so that you can really get a tone of it. I know Jeff and I have been discussing things and pulling pieces that we like and um, and and sharing from our own personal experience. But I'm just going to give you undiluted straight from the horse's mouth. One of the things um, that that stuck out to me uh, is in terms of our self-concept, this gentleman writes, your self-concept is the picture that you hold of yourself at the unconscious level. I don't know why that gave me chills, but I think that when there's something deeply unconscious and even subconscious, and I think he breaks it down a little bit, but um, that we're, we're working maybe against some things sometimes, even though in our day-to-day we might be thinking that we're behaving differently. But um, it says it forms gradually throughout your life and generally includes the beliefs you have about the past, present, and future. While you cannot touch it or see it, your self-concept is operating behind the scenes 24-7 for better or for worse. The future portion of your self-concept, often referred to as the self-ideal, projects an internal image of anticipated future success and satisfaction or lack thereof. You know, kind of doesn't that sort of sum it up? I mean, in terms of doing a 360 degree look at my life. Um, and, and let me just say, you know, I am somebody who's always kind of scratching and pursuing. And there have been, if you know me, if you um, have seen me, I struggle with um, some challenges with my weight, with being... Um, you know, a good caretaker of my body. I have fluctuated. I have lost as many as 170 pounds and then put about 75 Vata back on. And, um, and that, and that's that 170 pounds wasn't the first time that I lost a big amount. I lost a hundred pounds many years ago and put it all back on and more. So there's some challenges in within me that I know definitely on a literal realm do hold me back. But I also look and see what else is kind of going on that kind of has this sort of, um, I'm projecting something, you know, what, what's going on in my mind, even on a subconscious level, um, or an unconscious level, as he points out that I would like to be alerted to, or just, you know, tuned into. He goes on to say, based primarily on your interactions with others, your self-image promotes its version of who you are today and your self-worth, the third component of the self-concept, reflects how valuable you consider yourself to be outside of tangible achievements. And that's where I got a little bit sick out my tummy. (laughs) 
I think when a truth rings true, it just, it, it you can't ignore it. And uh, my self-worth being the third component of the concept reflects how valuable I consider myself to be outside of tangible achievements. I even think about the fact that I'm an actress, an actress and a comedian. Now, not that that takes away from any of the art or the craft. It doesn't at all. But there definitely is a component there that sort of props up what might otherwise be a feeble self-worth or a self-worth that has some potholes in it anyway. Um, If people laugh at me and I'm funny, well, that's good. And that's how it's supposed to be if you're funny. You know what I mean? Or uh, with comedians or or comedic material. So I'm, I'm not really criticizing that at all. I'm not criticizing at all. I'm just sort of breaking down for you how I understand um, what he wrote and how it kind of cracked open a nut um, for me. There's so much here. I just want to keep reading and reading and reading to you. But um, here is something. Um, There has never been and never will be anyone just like you and I think that I'm not sure if it's a um a in like a like a in my unconscious self that I want to sort of shy away from that and and not think that there's any particular thing special but that's basically saying this is a special situation in our individuality we are unique and there is not ever going to be nor has there been anyone like you like can we get your can we get our minds around that I mean it is it's a trip when you think about it and so why not honor that special creature with every way we possibly can in caring for and repairing what might need to be mended or taking on some new ideas when old patterns have um, sent you off down a path that wasn't necessarily the one that you would hope to um, to be on. He, he states that when you remind yourself of that and you um, get a handle on it it will start to change obviously how you look at yourself and that this is critical because how you perceive yourself sets the ceiling for what God can do with you for what your 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 calling is for um and if you're not a person of faith for what your potential is for what you can achieve while you're here how we perceive ourselves is directly related to that ceiling. Have we capped ourselves off? Have we boxed ourselves in? Those are things that this book helps address um, in, in terms of what we're thinking, of what we're thinking about ourselves. Um, there's some exercises as we, as we've mentioned. So there's some, uh, more exercises. Then it goes on. So let's say we've taken, uh, stock of this idea of a, uh, unconscious, um, uh, concept of ourself perceptions about who we think we are, 
um, even at an, at an unconscious level. And then um, we have se- a self-image um, and self-worth that gets clarified out of the basis of that. But within that, uh, if there needs to be some change or we recognize that there's some change, and I'm, I, I would probably be as bold enough to say that, whoops, my microphone took it together, um, that most of us do have issues with that or, or need to, um, I don't want to say issues, but you know that we, if we're honest, we could say, wait, the idea that I have about myself, if I'm really, uh, dissecting it, um, it could use some modification. So in the next chapter, he suggests to take a vacation from yourself and I'm like, right on. (laughs) Sometimes there's nothing better than I would like to take a vacation from myself. I was just telling someone today, and you know, this is definitely part of my blueprint, but again, it could be put, it could, it, it could take a break and it could also be put to use in ways that, you know, didn't tax me so much, but I am so ultra, ultra sensitive. I mean, I just, um, I don't know, I can read an eyebrow across the room and, you know, whether I'm skilled at interpreting, maybe, maybe not, but I'm super sensitive and intuitive and, um, an empath as they would say. And so to take a break from myself, to take a vacation, as he would say, um, I am all in. Um, he says, of course you can't get out of your body. No, of course I can't, but you can hit the refresh button on your mind, creating a mental vacation that updates your perspective, reloads your enthusiasm and rebuilds your potential for joy. You can accomplish this mental getaway by varying some of your habits, especially your thought patterns for a week or so. So, you know, he's, he's not saying like, you know, uh, abandon yourself somewhere. Um, but this will affect your attitude and he pretty much promises it. He gives some suggestions. He said, in terms of, of, of how you're thinking, cut out criticizing and condemning others, especially uh, a spouse, kids, co-workers. Um, knock off any kind of gossip or grumbling about other people. Refrain from exasperated mannerisms or facial expressions that devolve frustration or annoyance. Just kind of kind of cinch all that up. Put it not that there aren't times that you can't be annoyed, but just put it on a shelf for a while. Get away from those things that um, are kind of um, windows, you know, like when you open a window in a home to kind of either let out some, some let in some fresh air or let out some stale air, just sort of leave that window open to get rid of, uh, of that for a week or so. Um, temporarily suspend thoughts, worrisome thoughts and speech at a minimum, postpone these self-defeating habits until you return home from your vacation. Think of this as a healthy joy producing procrastination. Um, let me see what else he might suggest here. I underlined so much. Um, for, you know, we're, when we, when we get consumed with some of those thinkings, things thinking those things and and getting caught up in it you know it really is like we bit the bait and we're being reeled in or reeled away from our 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 place you know like when a fish gets hooked i mean it gets taken out of its place that it belongs in um 
he says, after all, it's easy to get consumed with your obstacles that you forget your goals. It is easy to entertain hostile thoughts about the future and end up missing the gift of the present. I like that. Um, some of the things he suggested is visit some friends you haven't seen much lately or make an effort to initiate a new friendship. Um, initiate more time with those people that are joy filled. You know, there's a lot of grumple stillskins out there and we end up having to spend a lot of time with them for either work reasons or even family sometimes, you know, or um, friends that we're super comfortable with and the comfortable realm has uh, sort of, uh, gotten lax like an old pair of sweatpants. And so choosing to maybe be around some people that, um, that have a brighter outlook would be a great way of kind of taking a vacation from yourself. And then there's chapter, uh, 10, it says the secret studio. Um, the whole idea here, I believe, is about staying in today. And I know we hear that all the time. I know. I know we do. But today is really all we have. And he says the secret to living an exceptional life tomorrow is thinking strong, joyful thoughts today. So invest in today is what he is saying. Um the invisible battle you wage against your human nature will be won or lost in the mind. And let me say that one more time. If you're battling anything, if there's challenges anywhere, the invisible battle you wage against your human nature will be won or lost in the mind. Minute by minute, hour by hour, in the in the hidden workshop of your mind, you are constructing thoughts of good or evil, joy or depression, success or failure. You are writing your own life story with each subtle thought you think. N this isn't like a goal setting thing where you write big ideas and big thoughts on a on a board and you look at it every day though that is wonderful though I'm getting ready to do that myself but just the subtle things the the subtle things over and over and again and added on they are affecting your tomorrow affecting my tomorrow um almost everything that happens to you good or bad originates with a single thought neuroscientists can now demonstrate that every thought sends electrical and chemical signals throughout your brain ultimately affecting each cell in your body thoughts can influence your sleep your digestion, your pulse, the chemical makeup of your blood, and all other bodily functions. Well, whatever, right? I, you know, <laughs> there's so many things that we will subscribe to, like um, exercise classes and um, meditation classes, yoga, 
grabbing a good self-help book and all of those in one way shape or form have been on my list and they'll continue to be on my list I'm not saying anything about those in regards to how they they are not significant and that we should not look to those kinds of things but come on our thoughts are that powerful and that is something that really we have control of we don't have to sign up for a program in order to figure that out and I am blown away. Um, the truth is the top secret conversations you hold in the privacy of your own mind. Oh, here we go. Let me start over. The truth is the top secrets, top secret conversations you hold in the privacy of your own mind do not stay confidential forever. These thoughts will eventually be revealed for everyone to see. A dream, a business, or a marriage dies first in the mind. Your best and worst decisions begin with an individual thought. What you persistently think sooner or later crystallizes into the words you speak than the things you do and ultimately the circumstances you help bring about. Today, remind yourself that your thoughts are showing. More than that, your thoughts are incrementally shaping your destiny here on earth. Whoa. Whoa. There, there is so much in this book, y'all. And because I am sensitive, I'm not trying to dismiss the faith component of this because uh, God is all over this book, but it is not a book that I believe would offend or or put off someone who doesn't have the same faith journey as I do. Um, so please check it out if you want to really, and as I've sort of titled this series, change your life. I, I just cannot imagine that it would not do that for you. And um, I think I'll go ahead and stop there. Um, there's there's really so much in here, but one of the um, the drills that he does at the very end of the chapters is he gives you a little an exercise and he calls it a drill, um, which always makes me nervous to say that I'm going to have to follow a drill. But uh, he says in the space below, write up to eight positive affirmations that reflect the kind of person you are determined to become all beginning with the words I am and I I will leave you today with that um, like I said there's just no way we can take this book chapter by chapter um, all in one uh, season there are other folks that I have lined up and guests and things for this podcast we will not leave you there we will be back next week uh, Jeff and myself to kind of look towards the rest of the book and hope that you're looking there too and 
Um, and then at a later date, we'll come back and just see how everybody's feeling about it. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, but it is really my heart. And I, I pinky promise this to you. Um, it's my heart, uh, to, to share from my own journey. Sometimes I feel like I hear God in my own spirit say, Hey, it's okay. If you make it through this thing that you're learning all on your own before you share, I'm just, I have such an instinct to share and to bring people along. Um, it might sound, uh, corny and I may have think I've, I've told this before. And when someone was asking, uh, asked Terry anything, but, this kind of speaks to me and um, in in a nutshell, I went in high school, actually, I think I was junior high, uh, you know, all of us were dream, dreaming about what kind of vehicles we wanted when we got to have one. And, you know, I don't know, there's six, seven, eight of us, you know, and the guys would say, oh, I want this kind of truck or I want to lifted this or someone wanted a Carmagia and um, a bug or a Camaro. Camaros were really big when I was um entered into high school but um and when it, <clears throat> when it got to me I uh sincerely boy that was a loud vehicle I don't know if you heard it but my sincere answer there I had not not a need to contemplate or wonder I wasn't even comparing to what everyone my the first thing that came to my mind is I wanted a Winnebago and I mean they busted up laughing I will say that often when I was in a crowd growing up, my my friends, they would often laugh at me and I loved it and it was intentional most of the time, but I wasn't necessarily trying to get a laugh. Um, But the reason I wanted the Winnebago, and it kind of chokes me up to say this because it's just me and it's why I'm taking the time necessarily right now to even go with this through this book with you is... I wanted a Winnebago so that I could take my friends with me, not take a journey and then go back and pick them up, but have them travel with me. And that is kind of where I sit and rest and think from. So it's my greatest desire to share good things with you in this podcast and to bless your life with um, things that would only bring you more joy, uh, hope, encouragement, uh, inspiration, contemplation, um, comfort. So if you haven't picked up the book yet, go get it. The Daily Guide to a Joy-Filled Life by Tommy Newberry. By the way, uh, he doesn't even know that I'm touting his material. So it would be nice and we might see if we can get him on the podcast. But Um, This is just really uh, me wanting you to pick up the book. Until next week, y'all. Hey, share my podcast, will ya? Share it. Send it to folks. Encourage them maybe to, um, to subscribe. And please rate the podcast. And also, if you have any comments, reach out to me. I absolutely love to hear from you. Bye. Ha, 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 ha.